0: RLC founder Dave Evans spends time with partners, clients, and friends in the USA talking about all things business. If you are an inspiring business owner, an entrepreneur, a CEO, or a coach who wants real advice about what to do in business today and wants to hear frank conversations, then this is the show for you. Real-life consultivations, challenges, and ideas from all around the world. We hope you enjoy this episode of Consultivation. As the flicker goes across the screen, it tells us that the StreamYard, who are the software platform we use for consultation, is live. We are back with the latest episode asking the question Is your leadership reality or illusion? I'm here with Kevin Turnbull, uh, who's the, of course, Vice President of RLC Consult, our advisory training program in the US, and President of RLC LA, and the fantastic Mr. Ever Reliable Eric Swick from Swick Business Strategies. If your strategies need a lift, you better talk to Eric. So, chaps, great to have you back again.
1: It's good to be great here. To be here.
0: Uh, I have to say, um, uh, in the last couple of episodes, Eric, you've done two shows. You've been fabulous, by the way, Thank um, you. and you've you've done a really polished job.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I've had good good uh, mentoring.
0: Well, you have to introduce us to them, Kevin, isn't that right?
2: <laughs> you just got in before me there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's let's just have a think about why would we ask the question is your leadership reality or illusion what what do you think that means as a question to you
1: kevin you want to go first
2: yeah to, to, to me it's um uh le- leadership should not be contrived and it shouldn't happen by chance um, you know, leadership um, should be something that is worked at, and um, uh, individual leaders have to um, you know, present themselves in a very um, um, specific way um, for leadership to be reality. Uh, and, you know, I've worked in a lot of companies where uh, I've, I've worked for, you know, People who just didn't couldn't spell leadership. Never mind. Never mind. Demonstrated, um, but they, they they were full of illusion or or, or delusion. I don't know um, that they, they they've been promoted, so therefore they must be a good leader. And actually, the opposite was true. So this is a really important subject.
1: Yeah, you know, you make me laugh, Kevin, with some of your uh, things you say. But when I think about this. Um, I think about how leadership has to really change. It's had to change this year specifically with COVID or last year, I mean, 2020. Um, and I think it's just been evolving and I think it continues to evolve. I, don't, I think where your reality or illusion can be is if you look back at historical ways of leading people. And um, if that's what you think is being a good leader, I don't think that's gonna be relevant going forward.
0: I, I, I totally agree, um, Eric. I think it is. Uh, I want to delve just a step below that. Okay. If your leadership is an illusion and you're not dealing with reality, what kind of problems might that kick up?
2: Well, you're gonna get you're gonna get people problems all the time, all the time. Um, yeah, because you're not being authentic and you're not leading. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first casualty is always people. You know, motivation. Um, uh, focus, productivity—you um, know—very important in the accounting world. All of these things. So if you if you just if you're leading by you know plodding along, um, it is an illusion. But I do think Eric, you made a really good point about COVID. Um, uh, you know, we, we've all got clients that we talk to a lot, um, and I do think that COVID has brought out more leadership qualities in the people in my clients. Um, okay, they might have to be pushed along a little bit but they've had to face the reality of a COVID world in their business. And it's just something that they couldn't ignore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just know from my background, um, you know, I was one of those people that managed by walking around and just sitting in people's offices and having conversation and talking and see where I can help them. That's not as easy to do when you're remote and you're not as easily accessible. So um, it's more has to be planned, but that's fine. I mean, it's just as a change. It's just a different approach. And that's what that I was doing when I said that.
0: It's, it's no, been a long time. It's been a long yeah. time since I've heard MBWA. You know, I first heard that on a Dixon's Group, a UK retailer, retail management development program far too many years ago at a hotel next to the Forth Throat Bridge in Edinburgh. And I remember hearing it back then. And there's two things I remember from that course. That was one of them, Eric. This whole idea of just walk around and talk to your people. Right. Yeah. And then the other one that I remember was the first job of a leader is to is to hire their replacement.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
0: I thought, well, that's a bit easy. But of course, that's not what they meant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, what it's... I think about when you talk about illusion, I think about our conversation last week, you know, when we brought up things like um george talked about companies having the slogan you know our customers are our most valued asset but then you know i sit on the phone for an hour waiting for customer service you know it's that kind of thing where you've got your values don't match up with your behaviors and it's you know what we talk about as that first principle is you know what you say and you preach basically you should be living that and and prove you know demonstrating that to the rest of the organization as a leader And I I don't think that always happens, and I think that's where, you know, the illusion part comes into play. Do you think illusion
0: wastes time?
1: I I, I think it's not a productive way to lead if you have, you know, if you're trying to put a front up, but you don't really believe in that. And that's not who you really are. I think that is not an efficient way to lead. That's
2: that's right. I think um, uh, it, that that's almost a self-answering question, Dave. Because if if, if you're leading by um, illusion, you think you're leading, but you're not, and therefore you must be wasting your time. <laughs>
0: yes. yes, it's it's more an act of delusion, isn't it? Where you, yeah. the distortion is so big, you don't even know you're doing it. I think yeah. I think I think, I, I think there's 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 an illusion sometimes. I think where time drifts past and. Have you ever found yourself in that problem situation where maybe there's someone you've got to deal with and you, you, you go into your week and you're really adamant this is the week you're going to break the back of this thing and suddenly it's Tuesday, before you know it, it's Wednesday and you start talking about, well, I think I'm going to have to do this next week. <laughs> Anyone ever done that?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but, but you know, I think I, I think there's a there's psychology underneath that, and and I've been in that position, but it's usually because I've chosen slightly the wrong thing to do, mm. um, and I'm not sure about completing the task because you know maybe strategically it's not right, or you know you know um, uh, breaking up teams and rebuilding them or whatever it was. If I delay, I'm usually pr- procrastinating for a reason. Um, which isn't laziness, it's kind of, it's, there's a self-doubt involved there. And actually, that's a sign of good leadership that you can face up to, well, maybe that wasn't right. You know, maybe I should be rethinking this. Um, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, I also think there's, it's, a, it's a bit like um, a coin, Kevin. There's two sides to a coin, isn't there? You're telling me they're really using your head version, which is the good version, the bad version is where you drift and put it off. Yeah. And then the following week, you repeat the cycle. And before you know it, three weeks go by. You're in the third week attempting to address something. And worst case, you're in another calendar month. And something that was a problem last month hasn't even been started. And it's it's as ripe as it was before within, of course, today's context, the illusion.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've always had a a principle there, Dave, where if I start having those kinds of thoughts, I think about a previous situation that I dealt with. And I always have this, you know, you always have that great feeling afterwards when you've addressed the problem. Right. Because at least it's out in the open and it's been addressed. And so I always go back and try to remember a period like that, which then motivates me to let's address it. Let's let's do it now, not try to procrastinate. A few, few weeks
0: ago, Debbie and I were very lucky to to run a a program that involved going around the country clubs at the club company, and one of the general managers that really should have remembered his name today uh, told me a story about his ultra marathons that he does, and how he's done some in the re- in the regions of David Goggins. And if you're listening today and you haven't heard of David Goggins, uh, find him online. He does ultra 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 marathons of extreme challenges. He's also the current, I think. Uh, world record holder or something for the most chin-ups ever done and that's a very big number I think it was 4,000 and something wow Wow, absolutely now it's a big big number now uh, this chap was telling me about uh, the bit we had in common was in extreme endurance events there's a moment in time where the illusion plays to your favor because all that's left is reality and in that reality all you can think about is the single moment you're in and to simplify for anyone who's not into this kind of thing, it's just the next turn of the wheel or the next step you're taking. It's all you think about in your reality of that exact second in time. It's quite puristic. It's quite addictive because you remove everything.
1: You don't yeah. think about
0: tomorrow. You don't think about people. You think about functioning, right? Yeah. And so, and, and often the next five seconds. So that's a good reality. But what else can you find in a business reality? So if you choose to be in the moment in a business reality, what are some of the things you think we might notice more of? Any ideas?
2: I think um, there's, there's an interesting spin on leadership uh, here, uh, Dave. I, I think if you're in the moment in a business, that that to me usually means that you're focusing in on the operational side of it. Yep. You know, you're, you're looking at the nuts and bolts, the cogs, the way they turn. Um, so you're in the business looking down and in um, uh, and uh, uh, and that's that's good because you need to be on top of the detail but you're missing the other key part which is the looking out and up part which is where is the business going
1: mm-hmm. you know what
2: is the marketplace doing this the strategic side of it all um, do i know what my destination is and the journey to get there
0: yeah that's a good joke. And it's a very good point, Eric. Uh, sorry, Kevin. It's called yeah,
1: Eric. and I it's think Eric, terms- I don't like.
0: yeah. we're interchangeable. Yeah, we're,
1: we're twins from another mother. Um, <laughs> and it was revealed here on
0: Consultivation.
1: <laughs> I was going to say something, and now I lost my thought.
0: That's all right. I think I think there's there's a special place, and I bet you it's close to this idea. So. I think it's good to reflect on the inverses on about being in in reality and knowing when to step up and on to tomorrow, Kevin, am working on the strategic stuff. But it's also realizing that your people might be in the reality. So if you put the people hat on, is can you be in the moment with your people? Can you be in the moment and notice, listening, hearing, doing, considering what it is they're going through as well as being in that reality. So uh um, We put a blog out about this, I think, uh, about seven or eight days ago. Debbie put the chapter up from the book and made a few amendments for me, which is fabulous uh, by Debbie. And uh, there are 20 tips you can take from the blog, 20, about building your leadership as a result of answering this question, is your leadership reality or illusion? I've got the top five for us to look at, and I want us to focus on number four when we get to it. So let's have a look at the number one, leadership reality yeah and how good are, how good are people at being one of these
1: really well you know i i sometimes question whether being a role model is really the right words or the right thing for a leader to be doing because i don't necessarily want everyone to be doing what i'm doing um I expect them to do, you know. For instance, we often talk about people being in a mode of self leadership. I'd rather them take initiative. I'd rather see them, you know, come with ideas and how we can do things better and differently, not necessarily, you know, model me. So, so I
2: I agree with that. I'm I'm sorry, Dave. I'd add that to that because you struck a nerve with me that. I think leadership, um, you know, through different levels of the company is a complete illusion. You know, you, you, you take a new recruit on and the typical leader says, I hope they are good leaders and don't do anything about it. It's illusionary. But the reality would be, I wonder if they understand leadership and teaching leadership. Um, uh, you know, I, I remember many moons ago, I joined Ford Motor Company in the UK as a graduate trainee in the marketing department, and you just kind of chucked in, and I'm sure it's just the same now, you, you weren't kind of encouraged to show, um, uh, you, you, you know, to develop your leadership skill or your style. Um, because I think leadership is a funny word because it's about leading, you know, and you think leading people. But actually, it doesn't have to be that. It can be leading yourself. It can be leading processes. That's all involved leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think you know, corporate America, corporate um, Europe um, misses a big trick by not developing leadership skills at a much earlier stage in people's career.
0: I, I would go a step further, Kevin, and say that as we move into number two, um, that Skill becoming a reflex. So your natural reflex becoming a skill choice is the future of leadership improvement. When you get rid of your normal reflex, anything that's natural to you, that sometimes is not the best choice, and you become so good at choosing the right skill, you transform your leadership. And I agree with you, taught much earlier in the leadership development lifecycle. Um, Quick, quick! Additional point, Kev. You know that first one. I think this is all about values and behaviours. If if it's one thing and one thing only, if you say you are something, for goodness' sake, be it.
1: Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. I, I I actually I I take Eric's point on the role model thing that everyone does different jobs, but I think um uh you know the whole language of leadership. This is where role model comes in. The way that a leader you know somebody at the top of a company and a leadership team the way they behave and they talk and they walk i mean that that is your fertile ground to be a role model to impress younger people that you know um this is not contrived but this is what leadership is this is what leadership yeah. does yeah. more to the
0: point i i think it's a great it's a great message and and actually in order to to put that into action, Kev, you also need to have the knowledge you need, don't you? So, but there's there's a there's a recognition to this point though that says, do you know what knowledge you don't know, yeah. or do you even know you don't know? I, don't, do well, you think? I,
2: I, I, I think when I go back to my early 40s, days, I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't yeah. know what I didn't know. Yeah. I needed somebody yeah. to provide a leadership to my leadership.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, as a. Area manager, very young area manager. I, I remember going to this place and I'd driven miles to get there. And it was an absolute state of a place. And I couldn't believe it. And I stood outside and I put this into action. I called up a seasoned veteran and I run this guy up, David Abercrombie, with his name. I said, David, I've made this drive all the way to the south coast of England. And I've got here and it's the worst store I've seen in my patch. And I, and, I, and I remember saying to David, I want to go in and kill the manager. Uh, you know, great old fashioned leadership. I was, I was angry about it. That someone didn't care enough that it was this bad. And he said to me, no, Dave, What well, I suggest you do get back in your car. And as you leave, let them know that you've arrived and decided it wasn't fit for you to visit and that someone is coming to do an audit immediately this morning. To check the standards in the whole operation, and he said, "Send your senior manager." And it was—it was—I didn't know that's what you were supposed to do. <laughs> How lucky was I to work with him so that he knew? No, step back, apply resource, make a better decision. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think your natural
2: instinct was to go in and shout at them. Is that right, there?
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's right. Re- retail baton in my hand. What What's yeah. going here then? Sorry, um, uh, it, it, you just sometimes you get caught in that moment, can't you? Going, this is this is not the brand. What's going on? Um, and I was so lucky that I was able to call somebody um, to help me. And sometimes we got to know who that is.
1: Yeah.
0: What type of person could you call, Kevin and Eric?
1: What do you mean, what type of person? What, uh, profession might up? Huh? What, what profession
0: might you call up in a, in a moment of need like that? Bounces. Bounces. <laughs> I'm thinking more of maybe an, an RLC coach. Yeah.
1: yeah. Same yeah.
0: thing. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, I think that I think it's know who you can call. You know, that isn't going to listen to you ringing and go, why what's wrong with dave or what's wrong with eric they're gonna go oh okay and they're gonna listen and ask you to coach yourself
1: yeah yeah i like this have the knowledge you need because it's just being aware that you don't know everything correct and that you're willing to seek out advice or at least talk to others to get their opinion it doesn't mean that your perspective isn't right and your decision isn't right but i think that's how you gain knowledge is by talking to others and getting other perspectives. That's
2: exactly and also, al- also uh, and also I think there's a strong element of you don't know what you can do until you do it. Hmm. Um, so yes, talking to people and all that sort of stuff, but you know, I've I've had many a coaching client who have been unsure of themselves and unsure how good they are. And when you get through that to give them the knowledge that yeah. they really do need, they,
0: they blossom. It's astonishing. And it, it, gives, it gives them a chance, isn't it, to implement the plan. Now, I think we have a leadership problem in the world today. There's lots of leadership deficit at RLC. We talk about that regularly. But I think there's a implementation pandemic around the world in business today, an inability to execute. Yeah. What do you think, Japs? Am I, I barking up the wrong tree? Is that
2: the right phrase? I, well, I think it's a double whammy, Dave. I think I, I think you're totally right, hundred percent, hundred ten percent right. Um, the implementation is an issue, but also the leadership plan. I don't see that very often. Never mind the implementation of it.
1: Yeah, just having a plan to implement. Yeah. I just think that people I think I said this last week they just get caught up in the day-to day and they don't really dedicate time to thinking through this type of work, you know developing a leadership plan, putting something in place and then implementing it
0: yeah it's it's actually it's actually actually doing the job and and moving yeah. it on even by one degree because there's the fourth item on my list uh, is. Make timely decisions. Um, I was listening to a chap called Richard Calvert, CEO of the club company, and say to his people that the biggest mistake a business owner can make is to make no decisions. Mm. And, and we're not talking about making loads of decisions. We're talking yeah. about making timely decisions. Just the context of that is your business and industry, isn't it? It's not a rule for everybody. Um, How have you managed to make timely decisions in your careers so far, Eric and Kevin?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think, I think it depends on the decision, you know, like, if I'm going to go out and do an acquisition, that's a very different decision (coughs) than, you know, should I buy this new piece of equipment for the office that's going to help my employees? I mean, those are the kind of things. Um, I, I feel like, yeah, making timely decisions is important. I'm an analytical guy, you know. I'm a CPA; that's my background. So I, I want to have some facts first before I make a decision, because what I find is if you just do it by the seat of your pants, um, there can be damage done. And so I think at least taking some time to think it through. But I think it depends on the decision you're making and how big it is. Um, but I, I do agree. You know, you can do analysis paralysis where you never make any decisions because you got to overanalyze it. But I think making it timely—you um, know—you you, got to evaluate what's what's the worst thing that can happen. That's that's kind of how I look at it. And if it's immaterial, then I move forward.
2: Right. I think. Do you know, Dave? I think this is one of the number one reasons for executives to have a coach. Um, because uh, I'm sure it's the same with with, uh, your clients and yours, uh, Eric, that people will prevaricate, they will overanalyze, and uh, the coach holds them accountable to the decision-making process. It just, you know, it's it's a, um, it it seems, I think many executives think they can just do it all, but actually some of them are good and some of them are not so good. Um, And I think timely decision-making is particularly important with people. You know if you've got a if you've got a, a bad apple in the barrel yeah. um, that's a, that's a decision you've got to do quickly um, because they might not be doing a very good job individually but they sure as hell are affecting the morale of the team by being allowed to get away with stuff yeah you know, because the leader, yeah. Sh- the leader isn't leading doing yeah. something about yeah. the issues and I think that's where timely decisions are really
0: important. It's a, it's a great point. And, it, you know, yeah. Jim, Jim Collins says, you know, hire slowly, fire fast. I is that like Kevin Temple. <laughs> no, my, my, my rule number one in
2: HR is if and don't chuck them out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's there's a, a, brand, a new, it's brand new work. It's worked for me for many a long decade.
0: Yeah, there's a new podcast coming out soon. Kevin Turnbull does HR. Um, so... Let's talk about number five, and I think we could spend a long time on this, but let's talk about the importance of this because this one's got a bit of illusion in it, looking after your people. It doesn't sound like it, it means what it says on the surface. It's about doing the right things with your people. Mm-hmm. There's a deeper depth to this. What does what knowing your people look like, though?
1: Well, to me, knowing your people is... I, I really feel that there's so many factors that influence performance, right? And some of them can be in the workplace, but some of them can be outside the workplace. And just, you know, having employees that know that you care and that they can come and talk to you about that, that's what's important, I think. And then knowing how you can help them through those because, you know, I think if if they're happy and, and life is, you know, going in a, a good path, They'll be successful and productive for you, and in my mind, that's part of looking after them. You know, just making sure that you know everything's good. It's that you know conversation that we have often now about work-life balance, and it's just making sure that you know you're keeping that balance for them and understanding where they're at in that spectrum.
0: Definitely, right?
2: right. How, did, how, did, how does this work um, in a larger company? Um, where you know your people kind of suggests that you know them personally and you know that's Tom and that's Dick and that's Harry but you know I, I run a division of a company and I, I had 1500 people working for me and there's no way that you know I, I would learn them as individuals so how do you overcome that
1: but did you have 15 direct reports
2: I had six direct reports
1: yeah I mean that to me that would be the focus and I would encourage them to know their people. And if there's right. a problem, they can communicate that with you and get your feedback or input. But my, my expectation here is that, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect you to know 1,500 people um, as, as well as you would at least the six people that you deal with directly on a day-to-day basis.
2: Yeah. Say, I- I'd, 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 with 1,500 people, it is you know, burdensome um, from a relationship point of view. Uh, mm-hmm. but 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 i had my six um uh, general managers and when a new director came on board they always felt a bit vulnerable you know um were they were they um were they doing this stuff right but actually i focused on with another level of management called contract managers who ran the individual site contracts it was in manpower services so mm-hmm. this was secure, security officers officers were the product so i spent a lot of time evaluating the, um, the, the effectiveness and leadership of those 60 contract managers. And I fired half of them because they just weren't up to snuff. Um, and and and, you know, I could get up, I could get to the quality of my general manager later, but the contract managers were directly involved with both the clients and our security officers. And I, I, and, and my priority was, I want my people to know I'm on their side. So I'm not standing for poor slipshod management te- techniques. So I got rid of half of them. And then I got rid of half the general managers. But, you know, that's another story.
0: But I, I think both, you know, there's a there's a. Jack Welch talked about paradoxical leadership, where you have to do both big decisions today and big decisions tomorrow at the same time. You know, and, and that might be letting go thousands of people's job roles, but still building a new factory format that's fit for the future. You got to do both those activities and they never seem fair right to the person who's being let go. But my answer to the question past Eric's Kevin is, is you've got to learn to build deep rapport with the right people in your organization and whether that's done massively through shared experiences, or if you're a leader of a team, you really understand, beyond surface-led questions. And a surface-led question is knowing my dog's name. My dog is called Monty. That's surface. Depth is knowing what I want out of my life. Mm -hmm. Depth is being able to ask me, and I'm willing to tell you, right? Because you could ask me that question, and I I could sit there and go, I'm not telling you, Kevin.
2: You know, what's
0: what's that got to do with you? so so, so
2: de- de- depth is also knowing what monty wants out of life
0: <laughs> totally yeah <laughs> um although i have to tell you i don't think there's very much he does want um i i think it's more that i'd like to have monty's life um, <laughs> but but it's 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 building that deep rapport with people beyond shallow rapport building stuff normal stuff mm-hmm. and and it's you know, if you're, if you're coaching somebody and they tell you they want to make so much money in the next two years in their life, and I'm deliberately sticking to money for a moment, the, an elementary coaching skill is to associate that to meaning. Well, what for? Where? What part of your life? What's that going to actually do? Why do you say that number?
1: Mm-hmm. And what,
0: it doesn't matter whether the person realizes, oh, the number's not big enough or the dream isn't big enough, or they've never thought about that before. It's the same in leadership. Why does one of your team want that? And what is it trying to enable in their life? If you can get to that level of deep rapport, you can do what Zig Ziglar said, help people achieve their dreams, they'll help you achieve yours. And that's what this is all about, getting to know your people. Um, And actually in an operational role, like you highlighted, Kevin, it's one of the only ways to check back the quality of the work being done. where you can find out are they fit and do they? Should you should you change your structure? Should you get rid of those that no longer fit the business model correctly? Because it's both, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
2: it is. It is definitely, and that, that's why you've got to um, you allocate time to both, totally um, in, a, in a deliberate way. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I I cut my day into segments. Um, uh, through the week, and I tried to, in order to, to you know, some strategic planning, some social media, um, a, a lot of coaching, you know, working with people and teams, um, uh, and uh, and, I, and I do it deliberately because it, because it suits my my temperament to have it more planned out instead of, you know, doing it by chance. Yeah, I
1: I, mean, I, I like it. Go ahead, Eric. I was just going to say, I agree totally with what Kevin just said, and that if anything, that should be the majority of your time as a leader on your calendar, right? It shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be doing work. It should be doing those things that help elevate the organization and and help people move forward. Um, I think that's a better use of your time. I'm working with a client right now where, you know, he's so involved in the sales effort for the organization. And. What I've gotten him convinced is that they need to add someone in that area so that he can lead because he's good at it. I think he's, he'll be really good at it when we with some of the work that we've done. So,
2: Yeah. I mean, I like to, you know, with my clients, uh, you know, once they've grasped the whole what they're trying to do with leadership, I encourage them all the time to think about their brand. And actually, put it in the diary. You know, Friday afternoon, have a personal brand session with yourself, or involve other people. You know, yeah. ask, ask, ask honest questions like, "Well, what shadow am I casting internally to my people, and, and externally to my clients? Um, is it a good shadow? You know, is it full of of positive things that are going to um, uh, motivate uh, the team?" and retain my customers because we're doing a first-class job now that could be an hour on friday afternoon or monday morning or whatever but it's deliberate yeah and that for sure. really is leading leadership
0: i i like the whole idea of leading leadership kevin and it's an, a great example that comes with point 14s so if you're watching this it's gone from point 0.5 to 14. there are 20 of these points on the rlc desk global blog is your leadership reality or an illusion. Um, But it's been quite common for people to give Fridays, like you said, in large corporates here in the UK, half day on a Friday for meaningfulness, mindfulness, stop, reflect about your week. And do you know what the common flaw with that plan is? They haven't stopped the operational flow. So you can go and take half a day, Eric, but all the stuff that normally happens every other day of the week is switched on. So what happens is your email box starts to bulge and your phone doesn't stop ringing. And what to, what, what would somebody in that structure do? They answer the phone mm-hmm. because it's a habit and they care. So it's it's that's a problem to being much better at an idea, but you've got to think the idea through um, and solve them. And that's why I brought this up, is that when we start talking about reality or illusion, it's going to throw problems up. And it's up to the leadership group to solve them and to work them through. And before I ask these two wonderful gentlemen for a final comment on, on reality or illusion, I want to remind some of our listeners that we, we have been speaking about People Care in 2021 since January on consultation in some shape or form or another. And I believe, my personal belief, Eric and Kevin, you can concur or disagree, you're welcome to do either, that the days of swapping time for attendance in the workplace those days are over i'm really sorry to anyone listening they're over and if you're still enforcing them recruitment is going to be a problem yeah other two ingredients that i think have changed we've got to get good at courageous conversations about how someone is actually doing and number three we've got to care for them so you've got to do it all so you've got to learn the skills to care better even if you don't feel like it You've got to learn the skills to be more courageous and say, hey, Eric, this is how you're actually doing. And you get the appropriate skills or work to do so. And in addition to that, we've got to stop expecting attendance in exchange for time and money. And we've got to start talking about production and efficiency and great work done wherever it is possible to do that work. It's a different world, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think the world has changed. Um, I, 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 I still have a question mark over whether it's permanent change, and I think it's likely that it is. But I've, I've equally, I've talked to quite a few people who see it as a bit of a, you know, I think this is a three-year wonder. Um, three years' time, we'll have kind of forgotten the pandemic. You know, like three years after 9-11, it's a kind of residual, well, that was shocking, but it was then, and this is now. Um So, you know, you wonder that controlling instincts won't come back again. That leaders of, you know, the companies that have said, oh, no, we're into flexible working and you can stay from home. I wonder if they're going to say in three years' time, actually, we may not want to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, I I actually read a survey that was done, and the workforce is saying they want that flexibility. That's number one on their list when they interviewed. People in their work environment, what is the most important thing to you? And it came up flexibility. So I think it's going to be a reality going forward. You mentioned 9 11. I mean, prior to 9 11, you could walk into an airport and you didn't have to go through any kind of metal detectors and security and all of that. And, you know, that stayed with us. And so I think there will be some things that will stay with us, even when it comes to leadership and how we work with people. Um, but yes. I don't think that it applies to all industries and you know we, we keep talking about leadership more in like a formal office type environment but the reality is that's not the case in certain industries where the physical presence has to be at the place of work whether it's a restaurant or movie theater or you know anything like that um, where the consumer is coming to you that's that's going to be a very different um, environment for them and they're going to this I, I envision there'll still be changes that will be in place whether it's just sanitary things that we're doing differently than we've done in the past. Um, you know, I know that I will not touch those railings on an escalator ever again. I mean, I'm just going to make sure I have good balance and be able to go down the escalator without holding on. It's things like that, that I think will change. It's there. It's, it, it's, it, it's going to be permanent. Good. And I, thank you
0: chaps for some great contributions to another fabulous conversation this week on consultivations uh, in the next two weeks uh, kevin is going to take us through leadership language or the language of leadership aren't you and eric's also going to be back with a secret subject he won't even tell me about yet to take us through another uh, extravaganza as we keep making this varied and changing it up quite regularly we have a format change in a few episodes time to get excited about too. That i'm really excited to and is it to reveal actually not to unreveal that means i'm closing it back up uh but in the meantime you know we've been asking you is your leadership reality or illusion one thing is for sure that working in a reality of leadership is going to be much more effective to you than ignoring your illusion Mm -hmm. Uh, equally if your people can't believe that it's possible to go somewhere they've never been before illusion may also be as kevin said at the beginning a really good word to spark the imagination into what is possible like anything with words they can be both good and bad join us next time around thank you gents for your time been a pleasure
1: it's been great dave
0: on the next episode of consultivation Thank you for listening to Consultivations brought to you by RLC Global, helping you become a best version business. If you want any help from the conversations in the show today, please reach out to info at rlc-global.com and one of our team would be delighted to talk with you. Go to rlcglobal.group for more information and free content designed to help you.